Hey guys, we recorded this little thing for you, uh, me and Jim, about Otakon. Thing was, uh, we didn't post it last week, so some of this stuff is out of date. Please keep that in mind when you're listening to this. Um, so without further ado, enjoy our little Otakon recap. Hey everybody, Jose Argumento here. Uh, you might notice this Toonami podcast is a little different from what we usually do. Uh, that's because it's going to be kind of rushed. Uh, I'm just going to put it up as is. There's not going to be much editing. Nobody else is here besides me and Jim. Uh, Hello. Hi. <laughs> and we're not going to do ratings, trending, anything. We're just going to talk about Otakon. And in the best way, we're just going to recap what happened really fast. Because uh, you demanded it. Yes, because you demanded it. would not leave my Twitter account alone. Um, next week, for sure, there will be no show. Absolutely not kidding. No show next week. Uh, but so we don't leave you all hanging. Uh, we are going to do... We're going to put the interviews up in the podcast feed, including one exclusive interview that has not been released yet. It's going to be in your podcast feed first. So be sure to look out for that next week. Uh, we don't, but for sure there will be no show next week because I, I have too much work to do. So sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's get into it, man. Otakon. That was a thing. Yes. Yeah, it happened. It was... Uh... It was your first Otakon, actually, Jose. This was my first Otakon. Uh, and, of course, I worked at his press, so I knew what I was doing. Yep, exactly. Um, this was my, actually my third. And um, every year I've gone, Otakon's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And actually, it's gotten so big that at the I know I'm uh, really jumping ahead of it, but at the closing ceremonies, if you haven't heard already, Otakon has announced that they are moving to Washington, D.C. in 2017, which says a lot about the... Uh, Baltimore Convention Center and the current lack of space. I believe the final uh, attendee count was about th- just short of thirty-five thousand. Yeah, somewhere around there. It was it was pretty close. Uh, we almost, I mean, I, yeah, it needs to move because I, I, even I noticed the brief time I was actually at the convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was just packed every time I was going through the hallways. Mm-hmm. Um, there were you know, lines, but, and there were lines for the lines. Yeah, and, you know, there was. Um, if I may voice a concern, and I'm and Patrick D of um, AnimeCons.TV is going to hear this as well. Uh, the staff was just, eh. You know, I mean, um, I've seen. I mean, Anime Boston is a comparable con. I think they broke twenty five thousand attendees this year in a much smaller building in the Heinz Convention Center, and yet the line geometry and the way they set everything up was just so much better than they did in the. Uh, in the Baltimore Convention Center because the lines were just amorphous blobs. Two of the lines that I saw that were like that, actually, I'll, I'll go one more and say three. Three of the lines that I saw, one were for Crispin Freeman's uh, Mythology and Meaning panel. The second one was for the Voice Actors After Dark panel, which apparently was cut off and then cut back on, and then yeah, nobody really knew where the line was, and I talked with like ten people. And then... The line for the dealer's room on Sunday morning was probably the most horrific thing I've ever seen in my life in terms of line disorganization. Um, well, I mean, you and I, we really didn't wait in many lines. No, I, we didn't. Well, we couldn't because we used WonderPress powers, but... You know, and that's... Because we're there to do a job. We're <laughs> not really there to enjoy the convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we have a very different experience from everybody else. So I, I really wasn't at the convention a lot. I was in, most of the time, the press lounge... that's where i spent most of my convention time just typing up articles emailing bones and 
tsunami and making sure hey can i post this article okay can i post this article now you know yeah or stuff like that making sure that uh we have clearance to use stuff and waiting for interviews and setting stuff up so i really didn't actually enjoy the con very much Mm -hmm. you know which is fine i don't mind because that's my job my job is to report my job is to go to panels and you know just do my job basically Basically, what I try to do is, uh, you know, I try and mix press and uh, attendee, but also doesn't work. <laughs> the, the thing is, the thing is, um, the way I see myself is that I'm an ambassador for this website when I'm at a convention. So I figure, you know, talk to a lot of people, you know, get them to watch it, get them to listen to the podcast, get them to watch Toonami, stuff like that. So I figure, um, I, I feel my job is just as much ambassador as it is press and that's why i try to you know roam the convention halls whenever i can and it was easier to do that for me this year at anime boston actually because it was a one-man show but this year um you know at otakon that was kind of that was kind of tough to do but um it was but um you know hey we got through it we got everything we needed to get done done and uh you know we had a pretty we had a pretty good time doing it yeah, let's start with uh, Thursday, though. Thursday, I, I actually was there to see the line. I actually went around the building to see the line for pre-registration. The line was so long. It went around at least three of the corners of this convention center, and this convention center is huge. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I felt so bad, but it did start raining on all these con-goers who were all in cosplay, and I felt so horribly bad as I'm mm -hmm. sitting in the shade looking for the Sheraton. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and uh, actually there are two Sheratons in the area, uh, in opposite directions, and we did find the right one. But poor Steve, Steve Yurko of the One Piece Podcast, go listen to them on OnePiecePodcast.com, is um, actually was in the wrong. Um, no, he went to the Hilton. He, thought, he yeah. thought it, yeah, he thought it was in the Hilton, and <laughs> he didn't get his press badge on uh, Thursday like he wanted to. Yeah, we, it wasn't a big deal. We went Friday and got got all of our stuff settled. We we went to our press, I guess, briefing. Mm -hmm. um of what's allowed what's not allowed all that good stuff and we you know by the way i didn't appreciate you just leaving me there <laughs> yeah i bolted because um the sentai was in 30 minutes we had 30 minutes to get in there we didn't have to wait in line mind yeah. you we're we're pressed we just walk in uh but like i, I i'm talking with steve and i'm trying to get uh talking with victor as well i think and then i noticed jim is just gone he's out he's out of the room and i'm like what what happened and so i have to like kind of not run after him because i didn't run i just walked after him and i made it just in time as well it was like okay this is where my physical training pulled uh, uh came together for me because i was doing a lot of running to and from and a lot of walking and uh yeah whatever bad stuff i ate this week and that didn't fit in with the diet plan um, I think I burned it between sweating it out and walking and running between the convention center and our hotel. And the and the Sheridan. The Sheridan's not even connected to the convention center. Right. Well, it's connected enough that, you know, I, I can do it. Like the the Hyatt where I stayed last year is actually pretty in uh, – is uh, connected by that same skyway. So but anyways, uh, so Sentai's panel. We, we got to talk to Sentai very briefly. Uh, and we, we saw the Sentai panel. They announced some things uh, that I think were already announced. They really didn't announce anything new. Well, Those... they announced their they – announced, sorry to cut you off. But they did announce their December slate they hadn't done yet. They hadn't done that yet, but they also didn't announce any new licenses, which, yeah. you know, which, you know, when they've got what they have coming out in the next few months, I don't think they need to – go rushing out to get licenses, especially when they seem to uh, pop that stuff up at random. <laughs> also, they have Watamode, so I'm happy. 
Yes, they do have Watamote, and I haven't seen that yet, but I've been told to watch it, and so uh, I hear it's the show of Summer 13. So It's really good. It's a lot of fun, and I'm glad Sentai picked it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, we got to go to the dealer's room before it opened. We talked with the Funimation people. We got to buy Drifters of the Dead early. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. We got to meet Anaplex uh, is... EJ. EJ. Anaplex is EJ Riviera. Mm-hmm. Uh, AKA the Anaplex guy. Yeah, yeah. AKA the only Anaplex guy we get to talk to. <laughs> uh, we also met up with Daisuke and we got their business information. And I tweeted this out. A lot of people, I think, thought they were actually coming on the show. They're not actually coming on the show. Um, what I meant was, you know, we could get them on the show. We can contact them. We have their contact information and everything. But they don't, a lot of them don't speak English. There's a language barrier and yeah. a rather large one. So <laughs> so were we to do something with them, we would have to get them on camera. That would be kind of the only way it would be interesting to watch or, or listen to. Because mm-hmm. I feel like audio podcast with somebody who doesn't speak the same language and just have someone interpret, it's not a very interesting show. So yeah. that's that's just not, you know, we'll figure something out with Daisuke. We definitely want to do something with them. Uh, mm-hmm. they seem like good people over at Daisuke and they seem to want to do great things. They just, mm-hmm. I think they need more boots on the ground and I think they just need just, just people who know how to localize properly with the press. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, uh, and speaking of localization, yes, we do need more English uh, boots on the ground for Daisuke. But aside from that, you know, they seem to be pretty cool, you know? Oh yeah. They were very, very nice. Uh, and Japanese. So yes, that was them. <laughs> Uh, the also, the next thing I think we did was, I think we just waited for the interview. We were, we went straight to the press lounge after that. Yeah, and we uh, hung around for Kyle A. Bear. And uh, the Kyle A. Bear story goes something like this. We got to the press room, uh, or the interview room, and my God, it was the, there's a table in the middle, there was a water in the corner, there's pictures on the wall, and I'm just going, oh my God, we need to get rid of all of this, because there's no room to put the cameras. So we throw the table out, we, th- we throw everything away and take the picture off. We move the chairs. Kyle gets there. He notices the room has been trashed. but mm-hmm. <laughs> And so did the staff. The, Kyle didn't really care, but the staff noticed. And they were like, you have to put this back. Like, we know. We'll put it back. Yeah. <laughs> so we do. So we do I don't our, think they appreciated that. <laughs> they really did not appreciate that. We, we tore the room up. We do our interview, mm-hmm. which goes fine. Yep, as you all it was, saw. I I just wish it was longer because I was really starting to get into it, and Kyle, and Kyle is probably one of the best guys like ever. You know? Yeah, we don't we don't have a lot of time with these interviews. Like every single one of our interviews was cut short. Every single one of them. Yeah, um, kind of makes me wish they did the press panel format that uh, I had at Anime Boston. But you know what? You they did. What they did. But I don't. I prefer interviews one on one. Yeah, for sure. Even if it gets cut short, I'll, I'll take them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing was. Uh, we, so Kyle walks out, the staff member walks back in. She's like, I need this room back the way it was. Cause Kyle's going to come back in here. We do and, that in like two minutes. No, not even. We did it in 30 seconds. We had everything yeah. back the way it was in 30 yeah. seconds. And we walked out and the staff member walked in. Like after we had, we had cleared the room and she was like, you guys better. Oh, it's already <laughs> back. Yep. That's what, that's what she gets. She gets the room back exactly the way it was. And then new press people went and. That was it. Uh, and then we went to – I started editing that interview, I think, right away. Yeah, I think you uh, – While we were waiting for – yeah, while we were waiting for Watanabe. And then uh, we went to go check in for Watanabe. We went to press ops, and they told us to wait in the press lounge as usual. They didn't know we were there. <laughs> so some miscommunication happened. 
And we got our time a little, not too much, but a little cut because of a snafu from one of the staff members who didn't know where the hell we were. Yeah. Even though they were, even though we were where they told us to be. Exactly. If we didn't, yeah, far be it for us to check in for every single interview, even though we might have one like back to back, even yeah. though this wasn't really back to back. And then we had uh, Watanabe and this, whew, this interview. Okay. Dumbass forgot his note cards. Yeah. I forgot my note cards on another floor. I forgot them in the press lounge and we were on the fourth floor of press lounges on the third. But that's not what really stressed me out because you know what? We came up, I came up with 15 questions and I had memorized about seven. Mm. So I wasn't really worried about that. I figured I wasn't going to get enough time. <laughs> but that's what worried me was the room we were in because. Not only was it small, I felt like we were being watched from every single angle. No, we were, we were being watched. That wasn't, that wasn't paranoia. We were being yeah. watched. The yeah. producers from Bondi and Bones were all in the room watching us. Mm -hmm. as we were setting up. Uh, but they did warm up to us uh, later, and I'll, and I'll get to that in a minute. But the first thing that really made me scared was mm -hmm. we walked into the hotel room, and we saw the layout of the room, and we were like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> there was, there's people, there's couches, there's tables, and this is a regular hotel room, so we can't tear it up the way we did the other room. Exactly. So we just sort of have to make do with what we have. And, and Watanabe's not in the room at this point. Yeah. But we set up the cameras. We tell them we're from Adult Swim. And uh, before we get to the central part, we're again cut off, as we always are. <laughs> just like the tsunami, just like the tsunami thing. Yeah. I don't think they hear the faithful podcast. I think they just hear tsunami. Oh, yeah. And they're like, oh. uh, it doesn't help that we have cameras and, you know, microphones and equipment and stuff. So they just think we're from Adult Swim. Although we do correct them later. Let them know where the hell we actually are from. Yeah. <laughs> And then finally, uh, Shinichiro Watanabe, actually, before he, before he shows up, uh, the room, which was a regular hotel room, was just full of furniture and stuff like that, like that we obviously could not move. And so we kind of have to make do with what we have. And then Shinichiro Watanabe comes out of the bathroom mm -hmm. uh, after washing his hands. Mm -hmm. And we see him without his sunglasses. And mm -hmm. it is glorious because we are, we are some of the few people to actually see that. How our heads didn't explode like in Raiders of the Lost Ark is like beyond a miracle. And then, of course, he immediately puts them on once, we re once he sees the cameras. He's like, oh, cameras, put them back on. Mm -hmm. um, so we, uh, we do the interview. And it goes really, really well. And the, the people from Bondi and Bones definitely warmed up to us. And they mm -hmm. just... We, we were about to leave and they kind of stopped us and they said, hey, like, do you want to see Space Dandy? We have it here. It's like, what's Space Dandy? Yeah, we're like, we're like, yes, we, we'd love to see that. What's and Space they, Dandy? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we, we sit down, we watch it. There's a giant smile on my face. Of, There's a giant smile on both our faces. <laughs> yeah, as I'm watching the whole thing, uh, which is a trailer. I don't know if it's up on the net. I'm pretty sure it's not. Uh, we did ask, I, I asked Bones uh, later. If we could have some kind of promotional material, if we could have the trailer, they said no, so that's why we don't have it. Sorry, um, but it looks it looks really cool. It looks like a lot of fun, and I can't wait for it to come to the United States. They are, I mean, Bondi and Bones are definitely pushing this one to be on American television. They are mm -hmm. pushing really hard because we emailed Jason basically the next day 
told him about the show and jason comes back to me and he says oh yeah dude we saw that months ago it looks really cool we want it to happen mm-hmm. but we just don't have we're still in like early stages nothing's confirmed nobody has the rights yet it's just we're looking at it this does look like something funimation to pick up with like bells on you know what i'm saying yeah hopefully hopefully it gets picked up and dub premiere immediately uh this show would be great for tsunami Oh my God! This looks. Uh, I believe you said it was Redline in space was the best way to describe it. I mean, I described it as Redline meets Cowboy Bebop, and uh, yeah, Redline in space. Yeah, basically, <laughs> Bebop's not always in space. Um, but yeah, it's, it's in space. most of it. Uh, but it's it looks like a lot of fun, and I can't wait to see it. Uh, it's it just looks like, like I, again, it just looks like fun, and I like fun, so fun is good. Uh, and after that, we kind of had our minds blown and, uh, we didn't have much for the rest of the day except for the Evangelion 3.0 review. Yeah, that was good. And we meant to uh, review it. We just never got around to it because we were so damn busy. Yeah. Uh, so I guess here we'll actually review Eva 3.0 real, just kind of brief. Uh, I like the movie. I spoilers. You might want to skip this part. If you don't want to hear spoilers, you might want to skip to about 21 minutes, 54 seconds into the podcast. We should be done by then. Massive spoiler Massive spoilers, yeah. Uh, You might want to skip this part, but uh, in Evangelion 3.0, fourth impact happens. And I'd just seen 2.22, so maybe if I had a little more time to spread apart. But it felt like we keep ending the world. We keep making new impacts. And I'm just like, all right, you guys clearly can't top the apocalypse. So you just keep doing the apocalypse over and over and over again. I mean, there's a lot of almost apocalypses, but I mean, we're talking about, uh, I don't know, there's a TV trope that goes with this, but I can't seem to remember it right now. All I know is that I'm with Jose on this. And then for the trailer for the uh, for 4.0 final, they talk about final impact. Yeah, so there's going to be one more time the apocalypse happens. Or almost happens. I don't know. Maybe it actually about- Maybe it actually happens this time. Yeah, or maybe it, maybe what happens is uh, well, actually, what I'm thinking is um, there's a lot of speculation about the title for Eva 4.0. The end of it has the uh, repeat signa symbol in music, so either that means that there's going to be something that ties it into the whole thing all over again, or of course this means that you know there's like you know a, an infinity loop or something like that, or well, it means that. God help us all. We're going to be getting a, yet another Evangelion series. And that's very likely going to, not a series, but like maybe a set of movies or another rebuild of Ava. No, Evangelion I don't think Ten so. Years later, something. I don't know. I don't, I hope not. I hope we're kind of done with Eva at this point. I like Eva to death. It's one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Love the end of Evangelion movies. I'm liking the rebuilds much better than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. But it, it, come on, it's, it's over. Uh, yeah. Although as an, I didn't like uh, Eva 3.0 as much as Jose did, but as an action movie, shit yeah, I love Evangelion 3.0. I actually disagree. The action was weird in this movie. Mm -hmm. Really, really strange. The thing I've always liked about Evangelion, and I would level this complaint against 2.22 as well, the the thing I've always really liked about Evangelion is that no matter how crazy the action got, you kind of always had a sense of where the giant robots were. You knew where everything was. You had a lay of the land. And that's the way to do action scenes correctly, to, to be able to place everyone in the environment and not be confused to where everyone is. There is so much shit flying around in these two movies 
and so many people just jumping from place to place. It just looks, it looks pretty, but you don't know where the fuck anyone is. <laughs> and you're just so lost and confused. I, I really didn't know what was going on half the time. Uh, not because of the story. The story was actually not as hard as I thought it was going to be. They just don't answer anything, which isn't the same thing as not knowing what's going on. It's just we're not going to answer it. Yeah, and that uh, that I didn't really appreciate because it's like, oh yeah, this uh, everything you know about Eva for 3.0, throw it out the window because just about everything that you knew and loved about Evangelion and you thought it was this was going to be more of a retelling of the series, nope. 3.0 is that right-hand turn that I thought that it might have been, you know, with the introduction of Mari and the you know, and third impact and near third impact happening and this and that and everything else. Um, it's set 14 years after Eva 2.22. And well, the fact that they don't really tell us anything else, they don't give us any background or backstory or anything like that. And they didn't really elaborate on that too, too much aside from Kaoru saying, Hey, Shinji, this is all your fault right here. Um, yeah there's really nothing I can say to it. It's like, okay, quit trying to blitz backstory past me. Cause I mean, there could have been something really, really important that happened. The thing, they hinted a lot of stuff. They hinted they a lot of stuff, but the thing is some of those hints are irrelevant. If you haven't seen the original show, they hint yeah. constantly about Ray being a clone. And as far as I know, that hasn't been established yet in the movies uh, yeah. about Ray being a clone. Uh, maybe it, I think it comes up at the end of the third one, but Unless you're a person who has seen the TV show, you would have been like, what the fuck's wrong with Ray the whole time? Exactly. And the thing is, we'd actually, I thought we were actually going to be seeing the same Ray as well. I was kind of hopeful of that. Instead of seeing a bunch of Ray clones, we can actually see Ray forge more of, an insu- of a relationship with Shinji. And it just doesn't happen. No, because Ray died or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know. They didn't explain it. But also they, the piece of lazy writing known as the Curse of the Eva... And for for some reason, yeah. Despite fourteen years passing, everybody looks the same. Exactly. Although, yeah, even though Asuka still looks fourteen, she is legal. Mari's also legal. Um, Shinji, I don't know if he is. I don't know what the purpose of that character is. I don't know either. I mean, Mari. I thought she was actually going to be something cool, like after two point two two and all that. Nothing. Um, There's nothing to this character. Yeah, there isn't. And by the way, I know like everybody's supposed to look different. Uh, or except the kids. The kids are supposed to be teenagers still because of the curse of the Eva. Everybody still looks the same. Well, but, Hugo's hair looks a little longer, but aside from that, yeah, everybody looks the same. Other, <laughs> there's a bunch of other uh, red shirts that we see that I'm like, who the hell are you? Who the hell are you? Misato, take your fucking sunglasses off. It's not bright out, you know. And the last last thing I will say about this movie, and then we got to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good movie. It's a great movie. Uh, I like where Eva's kind of going. I hope it wraps up very nicely in uh, 4.0. But, uh, wow, are they really upplaying the Kaoru and Shinji relationship a bit here? It's like they made a few... Um, it's like they read a few too many slash fix. Basically, they... I mean, those guys know. They know what oh, we yeah. all think. Uh, and we all make the same jokes, but that that relationship isn't actually supposed to work like that, and it doesn't work like that on the show. In this In this version of Evangelion... They're really upplaying it to the point of almost parody. Yeah. Um, Actually, I asked one of my friends who's a big, um, you know, who's who's even more knowledgeable about Evangelion than I am. And apparently one of the original drafts for episode 24 has Kaoru confess his love for Shinji after they go skinny dipping. And I'm like, 
Okay, so did they actually redo? Did they, did they actually incorporate this or what? I don't know. Well, I mean, they, so. they definitely upplay the relationship. I like the fact that there is a mystery to it, but in this one, they it was almost to the point of parody. Yeah. In the original show, there was always that Shinji is this way towards Kaoru because he has nobody else to open up to, and he's finally found someone that he's comfortable with. It's and not a, it's not a gay thing, and yet in the in the movie, it's like, hey, we're doing this as a gay thing because we know what you all think. Exactly. So and, that was a well, little disappointing. Yeah, well, the I mean, if you want to go by, you know, it's like, okay, if this is more faithful to the original draft, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, but all it's almost to the point friends. of parody. There's a way to do it and do it straight, no pun intended, do it straight <laughs> and serious, and then there's a way to make it funny and a parody and not serious, and I felt that Eva 3.0 was just like, we know what the fans are thinking, so they, exactly. they went up for the parody, and uh, now we got to move on. There, yeah, I don't know if there was a translation or something like that, but yeah, there were some lines in there that was like, yeah, dead giveaway. So, but end, but the end of that, but that's the end of that. No pun intended either. Eva 3.0. Uh, all I can say about that is go watch 2.22 because you know it, I know it. Everybody wants 3.33 on Tsunami, but you got to watch 2.22 first. Yep, that'll come and soon. Make it do well. Uh, next thing, uh, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so crazy I, Saturday. Crazy Saturday. Uh, I was there basically early so I could interview. Ooh, I can't say it yet. Oh yeah, yeah, we can't say it. Well, I was there to interview somebody, and I'll talk about it the next time we have a podcast. But I was there to interview somebody, and that person was uh, was late uh, to no fault of her own. It was really staff's fault for not telling her, according to her at least. I'm. Or this person, I'm gonna cut that out. Yeah. According to that person, uh, you know, we're gonna. That person was not told by the staff that that they had a interview in the morning, so I got delayed by two hours with that interview. So Viz had to tackle Anaplex and Viz alone. So, so Viz had to tackle. Anaplex? Sorry, Jim. It's been a long week, dude. So Jim yeah. had to tackle Anaplex and Viz alone. And Anaplex had some good stuff, uh, you know. They did the usual stuff, and they had their usual early uh, sales for Sword Art, and for they had the Madoka Magica movies, the direct import of the movies for Blu-ray, on um, in their booth and stuff like that. Talked about all the usual stuff, but they also made two big announcements. First of all, they talked about the excuse me about the Blue Exorcist movie, which is going to be screening in theaters um, like today or tomorrow or something like that. Then they also announced that. There is a new series that they have acquired the rights to called Kill La Kill, and that's from the creators of Gurren Lagann. And in the biggest bit of news, at least for me, was that they have acquired the international streaming rights for, not streaming, international theater release rights for the third Madoka Magica movie, and I assume that'll be happening towards the end of this year. So, And I believe, and I'm about 99.999% positive that I saw the Warner Brothers logo. So maybe Warner Brothers is doing this as, you know, like an indie release or something like that. Certainly not going to see a wide release because, I mean, it's Monica Magica. I'm not going to be seeing it. You're not going to be seeing it at your local AMC. But the simple fact that the Monica Magica movies, the first two, did well enough to warrant uh, the new Monica movie to get a USA release is... Very relieving to me. That was one of the few, one of the things I wanted to hear about, and that was 
awesome. That was the best bit of news, and there was a big cheer from the crowd. Um, then for the Viz panel, there was a lot of stuff that they mentioned uh, about the manga, and I was tweeting so fast that I don't remember most of it. I know Monster is going to be reprinted. Yes, Monster is getting reprinted. They are doing full-color editions of uh, Dragon Ball Z, either Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z, I can't remember, but they are doing full-color editions. Um, and uh, But though that wasn't the big, biggest announcement. Yeah, the big announcement was Ranma. Ranma won half, and this apparently this was so big that it broke Anime News Network for a little bit. Um, anime knew it, but um, Ranma One Half is coming back into print, and it's also coming back on DVD and for the first time on Blu-ray next year. And they got all 160 plus episodes of Ranma One Half, so the whole shooting match is going to be coming to DVD and Blu-ray, I believe, next year because. It's not like there's anything to redub or anything to retranslate or anything like that. So that's good. That means that we're going to be seeing, for all you Ranma fans out there, and I know there's a lot of you out there, yes, Ranma one is will be back on home video and on manga and also digitally for the first time and in the regular format. It's going to so, be yeah. on Neon Alley. Woohoo! It's yep, not it'll be coming on... to Denami. No way. No, not a chance because Ranma It's not really that type of show, yeah. Yeah, Ranma doesn't strike me as a Tsunami show. As much as people like it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, uh, finally at this point we kind of rejoined. because mm. My interview was done. Uh, and then we went to do f- Sunrise. Sunrise announced their l- uh, little bits. And uh, they announced Sentai. It picked up a lot of shows. Which includes Big O, which means Sentai has now technically put on a show on Toonami. Yes, because they got both seasons of Big O. Yeah, over so a technically- technicality. Yep. So by a technicality, Sentai is on Tsunami. So shut up. Yeah. Although Sentai has been doing a great, great job recently with their releases and with their communication and everything like that. Yeah, so we, we should go we, Sentai. It's we making should, me. We, sorry, I'm, I just want to say this about Sentai because we have kind of said said criticized them, but I think they are finally listening to the criticism, and they are much more open now. They are much easier to talk to. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Jim, now that we know people over there. You know, I think we have a much easier time of talking to people and making sure that, you know, stuff is going good for them. And we hope that things go great for them. And to quote David Williams, I want every show that we have to be on Toonami. Yeah, I would sell every show in our catalog to Toonami if I could. <laughs> yeah. Um, they want to. They want to sell the Cartoon Network. But, uh, you know, hopefully things have changed. We don't know. <laughs> yep. So... But yes, uh, it was. It's looking really good with uh, Sentai right now. It makes me all nostalgic and warm and fuzzy for the glory days of ADV. <laughs> yep. And they're totally different companies, yes, which they, they were. They made clear during the panel, even though they're they're not. They're not. Yeah, but ADV it does still exist um, because they released the Elfin Lead Collection. So shut up. ADV exists and Sentai is different. So <laughs> legally, legally, yes. Other than that, come on, they're the same company. Anyway, um, so we're going into, uh, I guess we're going into Funimation now. Oh, no. Well, before we get into that, Sunrise also announced that Code Geass is coming out for Funimation. Yes. uh, Actually, Funimation licensed rescued more than just Code Geass, although um, everybody I talked to said, yes, give me Code Geass again. And that includes the original series, R2, and Akito the Exiled. They also got My Hime, Witch Hunter Robin, Outlaw Star, please, 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 please be on Blu-ray. And then um, there were a bunch Escaflone of Escaflone and... Escaflone. Yes, that was another big one, Escaflone. Yeah. Well, at that point, we're getting into Funimation panel. So let's get into the Funimation panel. The, the only really new acquisitions they talked about... Uh, Fairy Tail, they're getting the whole thing. 
So, Everything. hooray, they have the whole rights to Shonen the show. Woo-hoo. And uh, uh, they picked up Bot Lost Star, they picked up Vision of Escalfone, they picked up Mahime, and the Blu-ray big one. All, please. And the big one is Bebop, which will be on Blu ray next year. Next year. Uh, so, hooray, they picked up Bebop. We're really excited, and I can't wait to see it. Uh, they really, but they really let everybody, you know, they were like, yeah, what's the, they kind of, they came back and, you know, Steve Jobs style and said, and one more thing. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, all of you tweeting me like, oh, Bebop is going to be on fun. Yeah, I knew that too, but that wasn't the secret. The secret was Space Dandy. Yes. The secret was Space Dandy. And that was actually. That was uh, revealed at the Shinichiro Watanabe panel, which we could not go to. Yeah, but the good news is we were, you know, we were still able to talk about it after and stuff like that. They yeah. said don't uh, don't say anything until, uh, you know, <laughs> they said don't say anything until what was it Sunday? Yeah, they said we couldn't do anything until about it until it was announced. Basically, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, they wanted they wanted the announcement, which we did, and we were happy to give them, and we're happy gave... to we're totally happy to tell Toonami about it. I mean, I've already talked to Jason about the show. Yeah, they basically gave us a verbal NDA, and I was like, "You have." It's like our lips are sealed. Space <laughs> Daddy. Yeah, we were. Oh God, so excited about the show. Anyways, oh. the next thing. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Did you have something to say? No, I just said it looks so fun. Oh, I want yeah. it now. Uh, next thing was I think that was it. Really, that was. That was oh no, Daisuke. I yeah. had to cover Daisuke. Um, Daisuke was. It was a panel. Um, <laughs> I clearly got the short end of the stick when I went to this by myself. Yeah. Um, because I went to the Crispin Freeman mythology panel. Yeah. I. Uh, so it was important for me because I'm a student of Crispin's and I needed to give him my card. So. Uh, it was a, it was a panel. <laughs> it was truly, in a sense of the word, a panel, where the uh, president or one of the producers of Sunrise came up on stage and he talked about how great Cowboy Bebop is. And their only announcement was uh, Cowboy Bebop's coming to Daisuke either before or at the same time as the Blu-ray. So I couldn't get a straight answer out of anybody. Nobody really told me. No dub, no watch. That's all I'm going to say. I can't watch Bebop uh, subbed. So, yeah, it's it's coming. Y'all got, uh, y'all got your wish. It's coming to Daisuke. And then they proceeded to show one of the old Bondi DVDs of Cowboy Bebop. So that was kind of funny where I was just like, oh, that's okay. That's old. That's old. They showed the dub, too, which I'm like, that's not going to be dubbed on your site. Yeah. Uh, and they also gave me a Daisuke shirt, so I was grateful for that. And then that was kind of it. That was the last thing we had to cover panel-wise. Uh, yes. After that, we chilled. Or yeah, I went exactly. to work, actually. I went to work. <laughs> I, I went back to either the hotel. Or, I went to the hotel and just did more work until it was time for the One Piece podcast panel. Which we filmed, and I hope to edit very, very soon. I'm having a little trouble with it at the moment. Yep, we did some, uh, but yeah, that was a good panel. That um, was a fun panel. Yeah, I had. Fun I, with I was, that. I was very impressed and very uh, thankful that everybody, you know, so many people came out. It's like, wow, One Piece podcast is a lot of pull, you know. Yeah, of course, they've been around for five years. Yeah. Um. Next thing after that, oh, and I know a lot of you are asking about the tsunami panel. We couldn't go. It was during Eva. Sorry. Yep. So. And besides, it probably wasn't going to be anything that we didn't know to begin with. So. Yeah. Uh. So because the, I mean we we got to see the we got to see the guys in person at MomoCon. You want a tsunami panel? Go watch that. Uh. The next thing was, well, after that we kind of split up for the rest of the night. I went. No, to, not really. We um we. Uh, went to the uh, Pratt Street Ale House. Yeah, yeah, we went to go eat. And then I went to Ancast on All By My Lonesome. 
And I stayed in. I stayed in because I was done for the day. Which you I... will never hear that episode because according to Zach, he lost it. Oh, no. So my plug for the Toonami Faithful podcast on that show will never be heard. Yeah. Um, and I got to, but I got to see Zach, and I got to meet Justin and and all the guys from Ancast, and it was a pleasure to meet them, except for Zach. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not, and I'm not saying that in a derogatory way, but he looked like he was in a hurry and didn't really mm-hmm. want to talk to anybody. Yeah. So I just left him my business card and uh, walked out because I had to go as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, uh, but I, I, I was you know, at the time. He so. he he did not seem like he wanted to be approached, which was, which was really disappointing because I didn't see him for the rest of the, pa- uh, the convention. Yeah, uh, I wish I had introduced myself better, but mm-hmm. oh well. Uh, what are you gonna do? I gave him my business card, and he looked busy. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to stay for too long. I had a feeling like, okay, if I stay here and talk to you, you will never like me. Yeah, exactly. I kind of had the same feeling with uh, Crispin. I mean, he was incredibly gracious and stuff like that. Um, you know, people were talking with him after the panel and stuff like that. I just wanted to give him my business card. And there was a guy standing like right in front of him as he was trying to break down. I was like, I just want to give him my business card. You know, that's all I want to do. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, it was Sunday. Sunday was. Uh, oh, actually, I went to Voice Actors After Dark, but out of respect for everybody there, I will say I will not say anything about that panel. Well, you're not allowed to. <laughs> Yeah, aside from the fact that Jade Saxton is cute as a button. So. I went to, uh, in the morning, what did I do in the morning? Uh, went to the Watanabe press conference, which hopefully will be up before this is. Um, I went to the Watanabe press conference, that happened, and it was really it was really cool. I got to ask about Space Dandy because I couldn't before doing the interview because I didn't know <laughs> about it. Um, yeah. So hopefully that will be up pretty soon. It's about an hour long. Uh, there will be no editing. And I missed the first question, so I'm sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and next thing was, well, kind of I had the day to myself, I think, for the rest of the day. I just spent a lot of it in the press lounge. I didn't really go to any panels, I don't think. I'm trying to yeah. really remember what I did on Sunday. Because I, all, all I was really doing on Sunday was just working, working my ass off on the stuff that I needed to do, just edit and make sure articles were up and good and done and emailing back and forth. Um, I sent you off to do, to get me B-roll. Yep, B-roll footage, and I got plenty of that. (laughs) Yeah, and I was editing, and I think I, did I go to a panel? Uh, I'm trying to think if I went to anything besides the Yoko Kano concert. I spent most of the day in the dealer's room getting B-roll and getting a bunch of people to, you know, uh, for the extra uh, thing we have and extra video thing we have. And then, that we uh, are not talking about yet. <laughs> yep, that we're not talking about. It's an extra. You'll trust me. You'll like it. Hopefully you'll and, see it. I don't know if anybody's ever going to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah, there was that. And, uh, you know, talked and schmoozed with more, I guess, for myself and stuff like that because I'm selfish like that. And um, we actually when our, we actually were, were separated for most, if not all, of the day because um, – Jose, the lucky bastard, got to go to the uh, Yoko Kano pan, uh, concert, and even the Overflow had an amorphous line that was just like, "Oh, are you shitting me?" You yeah, know? it was. Yeah, no, yeah. There's no way I'm getting into this. <laughs> and I have so to. I went, yeah. Before we before we even go on, I have to thank Jim because Jim, early because once we heard there was going to be a raffle for tickets for press, but it was one person per organization, so it was like it wasn't like both of us could go. Mm-hmm. Great, graciously, Jim backed out immediately. Like we, mm-hmm. I didn't even have to ask him. He was just like, "You're gonna go," mm-hmm. and that was really cool of you. So thanks. Yeah, well, it meant more to you than it probably would have to me. Because um, I mean, sure, it would have meant a lot to me, but like this was the one thing that you came to Otakon for. Yeah, 
So it's like, I mean, hell, who am I to far be it for me to, you know, go and ruin your good time. So, <laughs> so yeah, that was the only thing going through my mind. And besides, I got to see the live action Roroni Kenshin movie. That was friggin' awesome. But I didn't hear it. But we didn't hear anything about a release here on DVD. And I'm just sitting like, for God's sakes, people, come on. You know, oh, who? OK, I have to ask, who was at the panel? Who was the, who was there? Um, for the, uh, Kenshin, yeah, who was there? Oh, nobody was there, it was just the movie. Like, nobody came up to introduce it, nothing? Um, no, just the, nobody not came even up to Ken- introduce Not it. even, uh, the author's wife, because she was there. No. <laughs> she was, yep, she was not there for this panel. All they said was, uh, uh, the same stuff that they did at the Kano panel, apparent, the Kano, uh, concert, excuse me. Uh, no video, no cell phones on. No, yeah, they were uh, really strict about that. Oh yeah, they went. I mean, they went absolutely bonkers about that. If you must check your phone, you know, check it outside and stuff like that. So I, once the doors were closed for Kano, though, you could not go outside. You were yeah, going to be so. thrown out. Yeah. Uh, so it was not recommended. Yeah. The other thing uh, was, well, okay. What opening logos came up during the movie? Um, was it Warner it, Brothers? No, there were no international logos that I reckon that I recognized. Uh, but there were logos. There were logos, but none that I recognized and none okay. that I remember. I would have known if it. I would have known if it said Warner Brothers, and I would have been like, "Oh my God, gotta petition those guys to bring this." You know? Well, now I'm wondering who's going to bring it over. So probably Warner Brothers. I can't imagine Warner Brothers not doing it at this point. Yeah, because uh, I mean, they've, they've got a better international presence than most. Uh, well, because I think I think if I'm not mistaken, I might have to ask. Uh, the Otakon staff who brought the movie over, but I think it was Warner Brothers who's been bringing the movie premieres to conventions. Mm-hmm. So I think it's them who's putting it on. I'm pretty sure they're going to be the ones to bring it to home video soon. Yeah. And you I s- hope it's, it's not dubbed, easy. right? No, it's not. Thank God. No, I mean, you can't dub something like this. Yeah. But at the same time, everybody deserves to see this movie because I think this was the one thing that everybody was forgetting about at Otakon. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, Roroni Kenshin movie, but it's the same time as the Kano concert and everybody and closing ceremonies <laughs> and closing ceremonies. Well, nobody really went to closing ceremonies. Uh, in the three years I've been to Otakon, I've never been to the opening or closing ceremonies. Yeah, we were now, been, we were now to I go, go to the opening ceremonies all the time in anime Boston because those actually open the freaking convention like they should. But yeah, opening ceremonies this year was at the same time as Sentai. So we can go. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and that's, that's what I don't like is, you know, about, Otakon, that's the one thing. It's like, yeah, I want sure all they're doing is crossing stage, but I mean, at the same time, it has this feeling of, you know, beginnings, and then also the closing ceremonies have this feel of finality as well. You know what I'm saying? Dude, Kano was the closing ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> Kano was the closing ceremony. But uh yeah. I guess I should I should get into that unless you're done with Kenshin. I'm done with Kenshin, aside from the fact that it had retained a lot of the humor from the uh, manga. It also covered like the first four or five manga, uh, manga volumes. And also it covered a few, uh, one or two important points from the Samurai X uh, prequel OVA. So it's, so it's like, yeah, yeah, this is a, it's a straight adaptation and a very, very good one at that. Okay. Um, so the Kano concert, I'm not going to get too in-depth into it because I do plan on writing an article about it. Um, the Kano concert was amazing. Uh, first we had, uh, Ishikawa as an opening act and she was good. I don't remember anything from it. Uh, she was good. I remember, I remember it was good music and whatnot, but I, uh, 
I don't really there was trippy things on the screen and she was kind of just standing on stage and we took our pictures and we went to sit down we were allowed to take pictures if you were press for that part of it for the first two songs and then you had to leave and go back to your chair um and we it was okay I mean it's probably because Kano came on next and Kano kind of steals the show she was the show. She no, was the we, show. People were there no for Kano. There was no show to steal because it was hers to begin with. Yeah. Um, so she was on stage and she did her thing and she was good. She was really good, but and I didn't recognize any of her songs. I've never heard her music before. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, so she leaves the stage. She plays like four songs and Kano comes out. A- instant standing ovation. Instant. Just walking out on stage with her mouse ears and her white coat and she kicks off her shoes she's ready to go play the piano (laughs) she's like all cat like and she's like you know she instantly starts playing tank and we're all like ah going nuts and ape shit (laughs) um you know and then uh you know she could have really just stayed on the stage and play the piano she was entrancing just playing the piano but that was not everything to the show um she got to gravity at one point uh, which is the ending theme to Wolf's Rain. And thank God that everybody knows the lyrics to that one. Because mm-hmm. we all sang it. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. There was a there was a lot of love in that room during the Kano concert. Yeah, Maya Sakamoto, I believe, uh, performed Gravity in the uh, original. So Yeah, she performs Gravity in the original. So Kano didn't perform it. We did. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, eventually they turned the lights off and were like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know... And they're projecting holograms onto the piano or like little cute little animations as she's mm-hmm. playing. Um, and it was, and there was one time, there was one time that Gabriella Robin actually made an appearance. Yeah. Uh-huh, inside joke. For those of you that get that. Yeah. Um, Gabriella Robin showed up and she sang monochrome from the Ghost in the Shell soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And of course, the lights had to be off when she showed up. I should probably explain Gabriella Robin. Do you know? <laughs> do you know this? Uh, yes, I've heard of it, but tell okay. it for the people at home. Gabriella Robin is an alter ego of Yoko Kano. She's not actually a separate person, but she is the singing voice of Yoko Kano. So, yeah, that's her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she sang "Monochrome" is the only song she sang uh, from the Ghost and Cell sound- soundtrack. She played Escalflone. She played Bebop. We all sang the Real Folk Blues together. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can you know you know the people who actually have the album and the people who don't have the album yeah. and just remember it from the TV show. Yeah. Because wow, the singing was really loud during the first verse. Kind of died the second verse, mm-hmm. and then people started singing the wrong chorus the second time around. Yeah. And Kano was like looking out at the audience, like, no, that's not how it goes. Yeah. And so it was it was a cute little moment, uh, and it just it was great. It, it was a really magical concert. Uh, she ended the concert, though, uh, with she 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 ha- said a couple words in English, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, she ended the concert with, I believe, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember exactly what she ended the concert with. Uh, we we will get the listing soon. It should show up in our press packet, but I mm-hmm. think it was a song from Bebop. I'm pretty sure it was uh, one of the songs from Bebop. And, of course, every single song she played, every single one, there was a standing ovation. Every single yeah. time. It was that good. Must have been she, deafening. She, there. Yeah. She didn't, need, 
she honestly didn't need the holograms. That was just a cute little addition, but she didn't need those. She could have just stayed on the piano on stage, played Tank like three times and walked away, and we would have been <laughs> like, oh, my God! <laughs> it was amazing, and everybody everybody knowing everything. It was cool. Um, and then, but once she played the last song, we would not stop clapping. We went, standing ovation didn't stop. It went on for a good four minutes. Mm. She came back out, played one more song, and it was... The most interesting way to end uh, a concert, mm-hmm. it was the national anthem. Oh, really? So we all sang the national anthem. It was the most surreal thing ever. Um, and then, of course, she went off, and we were all like, no, we're going to keep clapping till you come back. And she did. She It was a double encore. She came back, and she played Tank one more time. Nice. And eventually she got off the stage, and then, it was, it, you know, the voice of Otakon came on. It's like, all right, that's the end. Really? No. She's she's got to get on a plane back to Japan. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And I hope, I really, really hope they recorded it because there were cameras around. Mm-hmm. So I'm really hoping they recorded it. And uh, dear Japan, I will pay your ridiculous prices for that Blu-ray. Just just put it out. I will I will buy it. I'll pay for it. Because, I, mostly because I wasn't there, but still. <laughs> I was there. I'll buy it. I was like, hell yeah, I'll totally buy this. Give it to me. So hopefully they put it out very soon because it was totally a fun concert. It was a lot of, it was just a lot of love in the room, uh, and just, just such appreciation for it. We had a great time. Yeah, great convention. A very good convention. My qualms, my uh, problems aside, uh, it was still a very good convention. There's a reason why Otakon's the best on the Eastern Seaboard. Well, maybe not. Anime Boston's still really, really good. You should go to that convention too. I mean, I. Uh... I had a great time. I, you know, I got to see a lot of my friends, and uh, so even though I was pressed and I was busy and uh, I was working, I did have fun. Uh, I did get to see a lot of my friends. I got to see Christina again. I hadn't seen her in a, like a couple of years. It was weird. That's Christina V, folks, because even I was thrown for a loop. <laughs> yeah, Jim didn't know who it was. I just I went up to her and I just started talking to her. And I was just like, I haven't seen you in forever. Oh, my God. How's it going? You cut your hair. When did you do that? I didn't recognize you. Um, and she, you know, I think my favorite comment from Jim, though, was just like, I was like, uh, we're walking out. I'm like, I got to see, oh, man, it's really cool to see Christina V again. And you were like, that's Christina V. I thought that was like one of your ex-girlfriends. And I'm like, no. <laughs> she, yeah. She is too pretty for me. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, yeah, I shook Christina V's hand. That happened. <laughs> he didn't even know who it was. That was the no, funny I had part. no clue. I had not a, not the slightest clue. Well, because Christina I... and I are on a ver- uh, just like me and Richard, we're on a first name basis, so we just yeah. don't say last names because it's kind of yeah. weird. Yeah. So I didn't introduce her as Christina V, and I didn't think about that. I just thought you kind of knew who she was. No, <laughs> I mean I know she's the voice of Homura, but at the same time, it's like I'd never seen her in person. I'd never seen a picture of her or anything like that, and I wasn't really expecting to see another Monica um, voice actress because, well, we got most of them last year at Otakon. I believe uh, Christina was there last year at Otakon too, along with Christy Marie Cabanos and Sarah Williams. Well, you met so. Christina V, so congratulations! You got to shake your hand and everything. Yay but- me! I got to meet Homura because I met Sayaka last year. <laughs> Um, so that's, I guess that's kind of it. I mean, we have, I'm sure we have way more stories. Uh, oh yeah. We have, we have enough to last our lifetimes, but, uh, we wanted to recap everything kind of quickly. Uh, we hope, we hope that you enjoyed this. Uh, and for real, there will not be a show next week. Uh, I do not have the time. I'm going off to, 
I'm going to be at AFO though, so I'm going to be at AFO this weekend. If you see me, come say hi. Um, and I will, which is in Orlando, by the way. It's Anime Festival Orlando. I'm going to be at that. Right after that, though, I'm going straight into another shoot. So I probably I, I can't do a show next week. Period. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen. But aside from that, you know, I mean, congratulations on the quintuple million. I know yep. we weren't supposed to mention ratings on this one, but that happened, and we're not going to talk about it any further than that. Yeah, all I can say is great work, guys. Congratulations. Apparently, uh, you didn't let Otakon get you down. So, uh, great job, everybody. Keep it up this week, and uh, remember, have a three point, have a two point two two on August thirty first, which I will not be around for. Hooray! Yay! But you uh, saw it already, so yeah, I saw it already. I I have it on my hard drive still. I'm gonna delete it in a couple of days though. Yeah. So yeah, there we go. Woo! That was Otakon in a very very brief nutshell. Uh, we hope to have more content for you guys. We have more stories to tell and stuff like that, but I'm burned out. Yeah, I need so a, I. I need I actually, a, I actually need a break came, that I'm not going to get one. I actually came home from work sick yesterday, so that gives you an indication as to where I am. I caught the con plague. So I didn't which, catch it, thank God. It hasn't happened for me in quite some time that I got caught in the... Um, that I got caught with a con plague, but um, well, because you, know you you spent way more time in the convention hall than I did. Yeah, exactly. Not to mention, I mean, I had to go. I had to work the very next day. Usually, I get a day off. Oh, I didn't. I didn't get a day off. I went to work the next day too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, right after AFO, I'm back to work, and I just don't have the time. So there will be no show next week. But you, we won't leave you hanging. There will be an interview in your podcast feed that is exclusive to the podcast feed. So please check it out. We have stuff. We have stuff. We're not leaving you hanging, I promise. And we never do. Come on, guys. We gave you Shinichiro Watanabe and Kyle Abair mm-hmm. on two, on Monday. Two of the coolest people in all of all of uh, anime. So yeah, yeah. And we've got more stuff coming. So and we've got one more interview that I'm really excited about, and I think you all are going to appreciate. So look forward to that, and uh, we'll see you guys when we come back. We're going to miss you, but stay tuned. There's still more content coming up. And stay, yep, and uh, stay tuned to our Twitter feeds too for all kinds of goodness and hilariousness. All right. Later, guys. I am going to take a well deserved break from. Believe in heroes! Yeah, I'm going to take a well deserved break from anime for a while. I'm done Mm -hmm. for a bit. I can't even even say I'm done yet because I I still have a convention to go to. I've got a lot of uh, anime that I bought to watch and stuff like that. Yeah, have you seen Drifters of the Dead yet? Not yet. Well, actually, I did see it uh, before it was available, but now that I've got it on Blu-ray, yes, I got to buy it. Seven bucks well spent for boobies. There's zombies in it for two seconds. Yeah, exactly. So I, that's that's what I keep telling people. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a good. Sh- it it doesn't come out till November, so I'm happy I have it. Anyways, we really do have to go. So thanks, yes. Jim, for joining me. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back to normal. It, we might have a show next week. We probably won't. But uh, we'll keep you updated. Either way, you will be getting content. So Yes, there's something you're going to be getting, yes. Okay, so thanks a lot. Thanks for the support, everybody. Oh, before we go, we have to mention this. We probably should have mentioned this on the top of the show. Yeah. This, this would have not been possible at all without mm-hmm. two things. One, all of you guys. Yes. You guys made this possible. Uh, y- without your support, without you guys pushing us to do better, without you guys just being positive and giving us feedback negative or positive and just being cool people this would have not been possible um because yes. you guys come to the site you guys come to see our content we and and that's how we got in man it's because of you guys um and the other person we really need to thank is john j galbo 
Yes. From Adult Swim Central, who without whom none of this is possible. Yes. We probably we would have been uh, regular attendees and probably have been miserable, but yeah. Um I'm miserable either way. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's we were just you, Jose. That's, that's just how you are. That's just how I am. Um but yeah, it's it, it without him we wouldn't have been able to do this. Uh, and hopefully we didn't drag his good site's name through the mud. I hope we represented you awesomely, because mm. uh, we were not there as Tsunami Faithful. We were there as Adult Swim Central. Which we are partnered with. Yes. Which I had the idea to exploit that loophole. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Yay, loophole. Um, and, John, thank you so much uh, for being <laughs> awesome and constantly just supporting our endeavors and just being an all-around nice guy. I mean, you are the most admirable guy on the Internet for a reason. So thank mm. you very much. And uh, we're going to go ahead and call it here. That's it. All right. Peace. Believe in heroes.